set your mind free with a free plan from Fidelity. Start by organizing your plan around what matters most to you. As you go, you'll be able to see your full financial picture, which covers spending, saving, debt, and goals in one simple view. Get started by visiting fidelity.com slash free plan. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Hello and welcome to this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm Trip Eisenhower, joined by my good friend Brian Bateman. Yeah, not Brian Bennett, Brian Bateman. <laughs> That's a little joke at our friend Lisa Corbin. Yeah, not him, but Brian Bateman. Now, Brian, fourth yes, sir. major of the year, and now for the last time, as the last major of the season next year it will be the second major in the rotation so a couple of milestones here this week and it's the 100th pga championship a lot to look uh, forward to brian uh, this week they're playing bell reeve in st louis last played there uh nick price won it in the early 90s so what do we know about bell reeve and what do we expect this week well, I think you and I, we were just talking about this earlier. Neither one of us have played the golf course. And I think, Trip, for the majority of the field, they can say the same thing because um, this is not uh, a historically a golf course that has held major championships before like some of the others that we're used to uh, year in, year out on the major championship trail. From what I understand, the golf course, well, first thing we know, it's going to be hot. <laughs> right. So we, we, we'll, we'll go ahead. Go ahead and knock that out. It's, yeah. it's going to be warm. But from what I've heard and what I've read, the golf course is going to give up a lot of birdies. Uh, it's in immaculate shape. Uh, the fairways are zoysia, which you and I have played on for mm -hmm. years, and the ball just sits up on a tee. So if you find the fairway, you can really take advantage of, of solid iron play. There is a little bit of rough. The greens are bent, so they're going to be soft. And so I, I expect low scores. Now, from a player's perspective, without having much experience on this golf course – never mind it being a major championship, I think it opened up opens up the door for maybe someone who you wouldn't expect to be in contention. Now, we've seen this in the PGA Championship in years past with Y.E. Yang winning, uh, Sean McKeel winning, Rich Beam, Jason Duffner when he won. He was not uh, on anyone's radar. So I think the, the, the lack of, of experience on this golf course could play into the hands of Maybe a player that's not on anyone's radar right now. But we also have champions of this, like Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, uh, you know, uh, Phil Mickelson, uh, of course, uh, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, you're defending. But you're right. I, the great thing about this, this major in particular, is if you look at the field, at least as far as world rank goes, it's the, it's the best quality field. And I know people don't really give it that kind of credit because there are 20 – club pros that are playing for the PGA. But you know what? Those guys earn their way in. Right. And um, I was at that tournament, the uh, <clears throat> national championship um, 
uh, at Fort Order earlier this season, and um, those guys are good players. Yeah. Now they they don't get to play as much, so you, you, the areas that you would expect their their games are a little off, you know, like in putting and chipping, et cetera, because they 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 do have to uh, work for a living. But I can tell you this: they're good players. So. Um, and usually there's, uh, you know, three, four of them that make the cut, and that's a good thing for them. But that is really not weakening this field overall, no. I don't think, because it, at, at the top it's got, you know, so many great players uh, playing great right now. The Zoysia, I agree with you, is huge, provided you find it. But we know today's players don't find the short grass quite as often um, as historically players had to do. This is a different game. And – there are there are areas where you know there's some uh, creeks running through the the um, boundaries of fairways etc. But it's always going to be dramatic because it's a major championship, and we've got the best players in the world right now, and some of them playing some really good golf, which is uh, I, I think pretends for a, a fantastic championship. Well, I, and look, you and I've been doing these podcasts for a while now around major championships and other events on the PGA Tour schedule. And look, there's no question that the the, the major championships this year uh, have been wide open because the 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 parity that you see on the PGA Tour from top to bottom is is increased over the last few years. But the top third of each field in these major championships, these players are playing so well mm -hmm. that that's another reason why I think that this one is a, is one that's wide open. Um, when Nick Price won here back in 1992, that was before the redo. Reese Jones came in in 2005, redid the golf course, made it a little bit longer. So you really can't look back at 92 and get any no. type of barometer of what the scoring is going to be. It's 400 it was, yards longer now. It's too. 400 yards yeah. longer. Uh, the greens uh, that week were particularly soft. We're going to see a little bit of that this week. But, but I think you're exactly right. When you just look at, say, the top 20 in the world right now, 15 of those top 20 are playing some of their best mm -hmm. golf if not more, and so that makes this field wide open. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Two things to watch for, this being the 100th. There, remember the U.S. Open uh, at Pebble Beach when it was the 100th U.S. Open, mm -hmm. how, how much the players put into it? I think that says a lot about the history of this event. And also, as you mentioned earlier, this being the last major, uh, being the fourth in line uh, this year is going to add some significance. Well, and the PGA of America loves this event. Obviously, they do their best to put on a, a great event. The club pros, the 20 that are going to come in and play, are going to have their work cut out for them because they're not used to this type of competition. But I think it's going to be a great event. Uh, Bell Reeve is going to be well-received, and mm -hmm. we'll have to see uh, who can go low. You have to be aggressive, I think, at the PGA more so than the other three majors. And so because of that, does that favor a, a more aggressive player? I think it does. But you're exactly right. With the rough at, at Bell Reeve being up over three inches, you're going to have to find the fairways mm -hmm. and take advantage of that zoysia. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go over some notable groupings uh, this week. Uh, 9.23 a.m. tee time off the 10th tee. Got a few names you might recognize. Uh, JT, your winner this last week in Akron. Rory McIlroy, who played quite well at Carnoustie and played well last week. And, of course, some guy named Woods. Uh, let's talk about this group. Um, I'll start by going with JT. His evolution in his game, Brian, when he came on tour, his wedge game, you know, it, it was a lot like a lot of these younger players. It was absent. He did not have much distance or spin control inside of 140, 50 yards. How good? 
much of a I, – I, you and I know how hard this is for someone to do, and for him to do it as quickly impresses the heck out of me. He is a fantastic wedge player now. Well, you would hope that when he came out on tour as a player with his with his talent, that that he knew he knew what his strengths were. Trip. He he knew he was long off the tee. He knew he was a solid putter. Uh, his weakness was his wedge game, very very similar to what Dustin Johnson has come to realize. And so, I think it says it speaks volumes for him to address his weaknesses in his game, and there aren't many. But his wedge game was one of them. And now you're starting to see, especially on three-quarter wedge shots, in between yeah, numbers, I mean, he, he, he can dial down the power, make kind of an arm swing with, with that takes the spin off to control his distances better. And you're seeing that in his results. I How mean, many? with his length off the tee, his wedge play was what needed to be addressed, and it was, and you're seeing, you're seeing why it was so important to him because now he makes golf look really easy. Yeah. Uh, not that he didn't before, but now, similar to Dustin Johnson, you can't find a weakness. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm gonna—I didn't get to watch all of the the uh, weekend in in Akron. I got to watch a little bit of it, but bits and pieces of it I caught. I, I can think of five offhand. I can think of five separate times he had tap ins. Yeah, I mean, no sweat tap ins that you throw back to your buddies. I mean, he had at least five instances I saw of those type shots. So that's just such a huge weapon. Currently on tour, Justin Thomas, between 50 and 125 yards, he's fifth. And he was first last year. Right. So you, you combined that touch from inside of 125 yards, which, let's be frank, he has a lot of those shots. He does. Um, with his length off the tee, that's a hard combination to beat. And I, I watched a little bit of the coverage over the weekend as well, and you're exactly right. He had a lot of tap-in birdie putts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when, you, when I think of Justin Thomas of the four major championships – his game, to me, is more suited for a PGA than the other three because he's got tremendous length off the tee, which helps with any golf tournament. But he also hits it sky high in PGA championships in general. Normally, the setup is soft greens uh, where you can take advantage of height off the tee or with your iron game, and that's exactly the type of game that he has. So no surprise that he's your defending champ, and I think he solidified his, his great play and his chance to win this coming week by how he played last week at Bridgestone, really in a, in a snoozer, winning by three shots. Yeah. Well, let's move on to um, a former world number one, um, Rory McIlroy. Um, what do you like about his game right now, and what does he need to improve upon? Well, as we talk about all the time here, it's to, for Rory, it's just to putt a little bit better. And I think you can say that for most players on tour, but – it's not hard to look at him statistically or watch him live or watch him um, on TV. You can see that he's a ball-striking machine. It's all about the putter for him. The only thing that concerns me about Rory going into this week is that he's not driving the ball very well. He hit his driver really poorly at Bridgestone. Mm -hmm. Now, those fairways are narrow, and they're slopey, and they're, they're hard to hit, but he was almost dead last in the field last week in fairways hit, yet he still finished top ten. So, it shows you that he can be a little bit off with his driver, still utilize the length that he has off the tee, be closer to the green out of the rough, and still make some birdies. But I think at Bell Reeve, he's going to have to tighten up that driver. Now, in saying that, he's not afraid to stick to his game plan and stay aggressive off the tee, even when he's not finding fairways. He's not one to back off and hit long irons and three woods off the tee. He's going to keep hitting that driver. And when he finds fairways with his driver, you can see – 
what can happen like at the PGA a few years ago and he won by eight and he just took the golf course apart. I think you could see more of that this week. But I do think this particular golf course, uh, with it being tree-lined with a lot of rough, he's going to have to find a few more fairways than he showed last week at Bridgestone. And the, the thing I'll add on McElroy is a lot of times this year his attitude kind of got down. Um, and he's – I, I know uh, I have it on pretty good authority that he and Brad Faxon, who's been helping him really since the week before Bay Hill, and we know what he did there. Uh, he ran away with that field with just fantastic putting, to your point, when he putts well. I think his attitude now is trying – because it, I've been around Rory when he was at the top of the – like just dominating, beating fields, and you could – his body language. He had this pep in his step. He was – you could just see it. it and when he's on those runs, that he he has that kind of body language. The problem is he's so talented that, you know, he, he hits great shots and he doesn't make all the putts that you feel like you should make as a player. He gets a little too down on himself. And I think they're working on leveling that out. And if you saw at the Open – and I go back to the Open, Brian. He missed a ton – of putts and still finished tied for second. Yeah. I mean, he had a legitimate shot to win that tournament. If he, if he makes anything close to a little bit better than average, he wins by three or four, uh, taking nothing away from Molinari. But that speaks to uh, what he can do. I think if he can keep the attitude more level when he's not on all the putts aren't going in and, and let those be more like Dustin Johnson and let it roll off your back a little bit, I think that he'll be so much better off than trying to make himself a great putter. Be a streaky putter, but keep your attitude level, and then when you start get making some putts at any point in the tournament, run the tables. I agree. And I think for Rory, uh, and, and just to back up what you said, uh, almost accept who you are as a player. And, and I know that's hard to say about someone who's been so successful as Rory has, but you know what's, what's, what's the problem with accepting the fact that you are a streaky putter? Nothing. That's going to help your attitude. That you're not going to have so many up and downs mentally on the golf course. Uh, very similar how he treat how he treats his, his golf swing with his driver. When he's spraying it a little bit, he still hits driver because he and, and doesn't he hold knows, on. No, doesn't try to he, change anything. He knows that's that's kind of his his, his go to swing is is with the driver. He's not going to back off when he's missing the fairways. So why? Let it bother you when, you, uh, when you're when you missing a few putts. Couldn't agree more. It's funny because that's one of the things Faxon asked him when they first met. He's like, what do you what do you think about with your driver? He goes, nothing. <laughs> and he goes, he goes well, then why why do you get, make it more complicated the closer you get to the green? He said, let's let's try to make that putter what we do with the driver. And, I, and you know, he yeah, did that at go. Bay Hill. And, uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to Mr. Tiger. Um, I really thought last week, Brian, that um, – I was going to see Tiger Woods win for the ninth time at Bridgestone. I, I really did after everything I saw at uh, Carnoustie. Um, people would say, yeah, well, he's got to drive it in fairway more. I agree. But here's the thing. Bridgestone is the – they're the hardest fairways to hit in non-majors the last season on the PGA Tour. And everybody was going to be in the rough. And I thought his ability to recover is kind of back. But it's not quite where it was. It's – you know, look – He's way further along than I thought we would be, and I never thought I would sit here and say that Tiger Woods could pop up and win at Bell Reeve at this time where last year we didn't even know if he was going to play again, you know? So hats off to him. Let's give him credit because once a golfing genius, always a golfing genius, and he's clearly one of those, and we're starting to see more progress than not. So I'm not going to knock him for a few bad weeks off here and there. 
I'm going to give more credit due for like what happened at Carnoustie, what happened at Quicken Loans. Um, he is capable at any time of getting another win on the PGA Tour, and it could come this week. But I've got to see a little more on the greens and off the tee than I saw at Firestone. Yeah, I agree, Tripp. You you can't you can't discount his talent, and I don't think you can discount right now his health. I think he's a hundred percent. But in saying that. I was very surprised in how he played last week. Uh, not only his past record there, but when you play well on a golf course so many times and you've won so many times, even when you don't have your A game, you can still figure out a way to get around it. You have positive vibes. Um, I was surprised he played so poorly last week. He really Particularly on the weekend. He didn't do anything well. Uh, he didn't drive it well. He didn't hit his irons very well. He was not very. His proximity from the rough was not very good. He putted decent at times, although he claimed in the first round that he made everything and didn't make anything in the second round, and there were only two shots difference between a 66 and a 68. But in saying all of that, I think for Tiger to play well this week, he needs to have a go-to shot. Yeah. And this, this the two-way miss that he has going now um, is, is not good for a major championship. It's not good for any week on the PGA no. Tour. I don't know that he has any part of his game right now that he can lean on, honestly, because his putting is, is, is in and out. His iron play has been good, but it's been kind of sporadic the last few weeks. But that's the one consistent thing I will say. Yeah. His irons overall this overall, season have been much better than I thought they would be, and that's the one thing that is more consistent than anything else. You would agree? Yeah, I would agree. But now we're here we are at a major championship, so you have to have – you have to have an anchor here in your game. What part of his game right now does he feel great about? And I don't know if he would say any of it. Maybe short game? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, you can, you can pick any player in the field, say the top ten in the world, in, that, in the top ten, you could say that one part of their game is really on right now, okay? Whether it's, it's DJ with his ball striking or it's Spieth with his ball striking or it's Jason Day with his short game. Um, it's Molinari with everything. <laughs> but Tiger, what would you say is a part of his game right now that he can really lean on and say, you know what, I, I've got that down. These other parts I need to spend the next few days working on. It, I don't know that there's anything right now that he's doing exceptionally well that he can fall back on if, in fact, the other parts of his game aren't there. I got an answer for you. His range swing. <laughs> He has that down. Okay, <laughs> would you agree with that? I mean, the the range swing is spot on. Well, on Sunday it was Saturday and Sunday it was not, and he said that was the reason why he well, played poorly. But uh, yeah, overall, I always had a great range swing. <laughs> yeah, I was good on the range. I was undefeated. On I the shot range. a lot of sixty ones on the range. <laughs> but we'll have to see. You know, I think it's a great group. Um, you know, all three have won the PGA Championship, and Justin Thomas and Roy McIlroy, Tiger Woods. You know, can Tiger feed off of JT? Because obviously he's coming in firing on all cylinders, and Rory the same. So and defending. Uh, so intriguing yeah. group to watch. All right, let's move to the 1:53 p.m. off the first tee. World number one and odds makers favorite DJ Bubba Watson, Adam Scott. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's any week that you cannot say DJ is the favorite because of the reasons we've talked about. And what he um, did yesterday. There, there's oh, no. Gosh. Yeah, well, that, that's just a a small sample size of what he what he can do, even when he hadn't played well the previous two days. I and mean, I thought he was 60, sub-60 was I in thought, the ballpark yeah, yesterday. I really did. Uh, but he played, what, the last 10 holes even par. Yeah. So he shoots a ho-hum 64. He bogeyed 18, that's right. But um, I, for DJ, look, I, 
you got to love his attitude. You have to love his confidence coming in. And speaking of not having any issues with any parts of the game right now, it's Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really put your thumb on anything that he's struggling with right now. Um, that's why he's the odds-on favorite. I think at twelve to one. Uh, how yeah. can how, who else? No, is? I mean, yeah, you you've got to put him as a favorite. I mean, what he did at RBC. Yeah, well, that that looked really difficult, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean I, uh, the the and yeah, I I know we were we were talking about this. He cut an eighth of an inch off his driver and said it made all the difference in the world. I don't see how eighth of an inch does much, but he uh, he says it does, and that's all that really matters. And you can't argue with the way the weapon that is the T ball in his game. It's like I, I talked to Keith Sabarbro who uh, who's caddied for him multiple times over the years. He's the vice president of tour operations for TaylorMade. And he said he said the hardest thing in the world is not to hand DJ a driver. <laughs> He's like, it's like go, hit this, because it's just it's such a weapon. And it's um you know, I, I, he's fun to watch. He makes the game look easy, and, and you know what? I mean, he's been world number one now for quite a while, and I don't see it backing off, although they're, JT and Justin Rose can both conceivably uh, overtake him this week. I'm looking up here because I thought DJ had played. No, he did not play in 08 at the, in the BMW, which was in the FedEx Cup playoffs, which was at Bell Reeve, so he was not in the field that week. No. Hard to believe. Yeah. Because uh, he won a couple of weeks later at Turning Stone, yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty much it's it's easy to to say that DJ is he's going to be there. I'd be very surprised if if he played um, played poorly this week, just like I was surprised when he played poorly at Carnoustie. You, you just can't count the guy out. Yeah. All right, let's move to Bubba, um, one of the guys who's won three times this season. I mean, at any time you you would you. you wouldn't be surprised to see Bubba. And although, other than the Masters and maybe this tournament, I mean, his major record is not all that great. But he has played well in PGAs before. Um, so, if we think Bubba's chances here, I think it all has to do with how he putts, right? Yeah, Bubba's kind of an enigma in that he – the minute you think that he's really struggling and he can't find his game and doesn't have any answers, uh, he, he shows up and, and plays well. Uh, I, I'm with you on the, the the Masters' success, although his two wins are really the, the two weeks that he's played well at, at finished Augusta. Finished fifth this year. And fifth this year, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he finished second one year at the PGA a few years ago. But then he missed the cut at Shinnecock and at Carnoustie. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, I, I think for Bubba – the part that that he tries to figure out week in and week out is that how is his attitude going to sustain controversy or uh, drama, things that every, all of us as players have been through on the golf course. There's ups and downs. Um, this should be a good golf course for him because there's a lot of movement off the tee mm-hmm. on the par fours and par fives at Bell Reeve. And he's shown us in the past that even when – a golf course is tree-lined. As long as he can get a sight line off the tee and still be comfortable curving the ball both ways, he can take advantage of that length. And I think you're going to see that from Bubba this week. Would not be surprised at all to see him play well at Bell Reeve, although the odds makers don't even have him in the top 20 of players to, to place some type of cheese on to win the event. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's a – 
it's almost like for Bubba Watson, as I see it, it's a surprise when he doesn't play well. But then when you see him at the top of the leaderboard, you're not surprised. You're not surprised. Right. But you can't have it both ways. Well, you know, he does. And I guess that's just Bubba Watson. What's in a wrong nutshell. with that? No. I just think the I'll consistency. I'll take a career like that any day. <laughs> well, I would too. I would too. I'll take miscuts and But the consistency and and... Uh, is just something you normally don't see from someone at the top of their game. And he's won three times this year. Obviously, he's got a lot going in his favor. But we'll have to see how he handles the adversity that comes with rounds in a major championship. All right, real quick, let's touch on Adam Scott. Um, just not playing that great at all. Um, and, again, it's all about the putting with him. I don't think it's about the ball striking. It never has been about no. the ball striking. You know, Adam Scott, is he's getting long in the tooth, Trip, just like we are, and we're trying to break down a lot of these players. And, yes, you're right, it is all about the putter for him. I think his ball striking and this particular year has not been as sharp as it's been in years past, and the putting has been about the same. So because of that, he's had mixed results this year. He didn't play well last week at Bridgestone. Had a decent finish at the Open, but he's missed a few more cuts this year than we're used to seeing. I think for him, it's just try to find fairways and, and find greens and take advantage of the soft conditions and, and hope and hope that the putter cooperates. All right, let's move to the two or three guys in the field real quickly that can all have multiple major win seasons. Of course, there are three of those guys this season that can do it. Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Francesco Molinari. Do any of those guys win this week? Of, of the three, I would have to go with Molinari just because of the way he's playing. Yeah. Um, he was such a, such dominant golf at Carnoustie. He finished second last year along with Patrick Reed at Quail Hollow to Justin Thomas. I just like Molinari's all-around game. I like his demeanor in major championships. And now that he's won at Carnoustie – I don't think there's going to be a hangover for a major no. hangover for him just no. because He's of the, too mature. his personality, the way he handles things. I think I read the other day that he has not put any type of beverage in the claret jug. Now that's that's, that's an abomination. <laughs> You've got to have some good Italian wine yeah, in there, Francesco. Put there. And amarone. Put a nice amarone in there, right? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put te- I wouldn't put tea in it. It would have to be some. No, type you're of- not putting tea in there. I'm not letting a hard tea. I'd let you put hard tea in there, Apple but I'm not. It. I'm not letting you put iced tea in the claret jug. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I agree with you. If any of those guys are going to have a multiple win major season this year, it is Francesco Molinari, and I'd give a, a, a close second to Brooks Kepka just because of what he's capable of doing at any time. And he's played the the majors the lowest under oh, par yeah. than anybody yep. the last two years. Yep, yep. All right, let's move on to the guy, and uh, we'll touch on him briefly. The guy that's seeking the career Grand Slam, and every year, of course, we're going to be talking about it until he does it. But I do not expect him to do it this week, and that's Jordan Spieth. Yeah, didn't play well last week. Has really struggled with putting every aspect of his game together. Uh, ball striking has been good this year, but his putting is just it's too inconsistent for me. Uh, putted well at the Masters, but has been kind of spotty ever since. I'm with you. I just don't see him winning this week. That doesn't mean he can't be in contention. I love his attitude, uh, glass half full type of player. He is that. He's going to come in and, and and feel like that he's one of the ones to beat. Odds makers like him, but I don't see him winning this week. Well, and and through 54 holes at Carnoustie, I mean, you know, he was the guy to beat, and I think he was the guy to beat the last day. 
uh, until he beat himself. His putting is, I think it's one of those things that's kind of like Tiger where it's kind of mental that causes a physical flaw. Uh, what I mean by that is Tiger, when there's trouble left, he tends to uh, lose it way to the right because he fears losing it left, and it causes mechanical issues, that mental bit. His his putting angst, if you will, causes him to – Jordan Spieth I'm talking about – to kind of look up and lift his left shoulder just as touch like he, he's looking out there, but the ball, he's looking too quick. He's not staying down through it. That's why I think if he goes and tries to putt literally inside of 10 feet – Looking at the hole, I think he, he would it would improve that because you can't lift up when you're looking at the hole. I, and I also, just to, just to quickly sum up Spieth, it can't be said enough, as much as he does not want to talk about it, Spieth, the pressure of winning the career Grand Slam. And he can say it doesn't matter. He's going to treat it like another major championship. But it's on his radar. There's a lot of pressure involved with that. And I just don't think right now all aspects of his game are in proper order to not only win a major championship, but to do it at the PJ and win the career grand slam. But he is going to win the career grand slam. One day, yes. He's got yeah. plenty of years left. I agree. He's got plenty of time. <laughs> He's younger than us. Yes. All right. Now, another interesting group, and let's just talk about the dynamics here, is Jim Furyk playing with a couple of possible uh, Ryder Cup picks. I'm talking about Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. If you're Jim Furyk, you play with those two guys – are you watching what they do, and is that going to determine whether you pick them? I say absolutely not. I think it's the body of work. Uh, Tony Finau has, has done everything he needs to do this year besides be a top-eight qualifier, which could happen this week, to prove that he's worthy of a pick. Same with Xander Shoffley. Uh, I, I don't think – I think this is a PGA. You know, they, they like to have kind of funny pairings and storylines behind the threesomes the first two days. But, no, I, I think Furyk has already done his homework – uh, if I was one of these two players, I would be very careful with thinking that you're assuming you're going to get a pick because, personally, I think Tiger's going to get one and Phil's going to get the other if they don't qualify. Oh, so, they are getting picked. Okay, well, so there's two picks left. Tiger and Phil are getting picked. Well, then if that's the case, and you heard it right here on the podcast, Trip Eisenhower, there's going to be two picks left, and I don't see Furyk taking both players no, I agree with, you with the picks. That. So play well this week, try to get in the top eight and make the team – uh, that way instead of relying on a pick down the road. But to answer your question, I would say no to Furyk really watching these players and see how they react uh, in person because they their body of work speaks for more than that. Well, I agree. And I, I think he is going to – I think he is going to be watching the what how their games are a little bit and who they could possibly pair with that are already on the team. And remember, Jim has said he's not making this pick by himself. He's got eight other guys he's going to rely on. And if it were if it were me, I would pick Xander Shoffley just because of what he has done in big events. And um, you know, you look exactly. at his major record; it's pretty good. Not that Finau's is anything to slouch at this year in particular. He's played great major. He this really year. has. Yep. Yep. So um, look, it's going to be a tough decision, but I do think he's going to be looking at hey. Xander does this well, and this could match with these two guys, or Finau's this aspect of his game that I saw works better with this. I think he is going to be watching that, and uh, he should be. All right. Um, finally, we got to go to uh, to Phil Mickelson just because let's talk about him uh, real quick on Phil. Uh, would you be surprised? Uh, I would be surprised. Yeah, I would be this too. week. Uh, he he has said publicly that he went to Bell Reve last first of last week before the WGC Bridgestone and got some reps in at Bell Reeve 
Uh, he himself has said that the one part of his game, surprisingly, that he's not happy with and not very confident in right now is his short game pitches that's, and chips around yeah. the green. But that's his standards are not even on anyone else's radar. But in saying that, um, I, I just don't have the vibe right now that Phil is doing enough with so many great players playing well right now. I just don't know that he can sustain four rounds and beat the best players in the world with what he's bringing to the table. Well, I'm not going to dance around this, Brian. I'm, you get it? You're a good dancer, though. Not Phil. Phil's not a good dancer. No, he's not. He's Speaking not of dancing. He's not a good dancer. I, I'm not going to dance around this. I don't think Phil wins this week. Now, let's move on to predictions. Brian Bateman, who's your winner and why? Well, I'm going to go way out on a limb here, and the reason I'm going to say Justin Thomas is because I picked him in January – he was my winner back in January to wow. win the PGA Championship at Bell Reve, your defending champ, and I feel really good about my pick now based well, on should. how I saw last week at Bridgestone. He was not playing his best golf trip coming in the last week and made his adjustment with his driver. He is relying on a more patient attitude on the golf course, and nothing makes you more patient than to drive it like he's driving it and wedge it like he's wedging it and putting like he's putting it. So Justin Thomas wins this week, second in a row, PGA Championship at Bell Reef. That's an impressive list of those to defend. There are not many people not many. who have done that. I'm going to go with, uh, this may surprise you, but it shouldn't, Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. Great ball striker, works it right to left, high ball flight, been playing fantastic. He's uh, – Done a lot of nice playing in major championships, second at the U.S. Open. You know, I think if he'd have birdied that 18th hole, who knows, that might have been enough to at least get him in a playoff. Um, I like Tommy Fleetwood, and I like his game quite a bit. Um, I mean – it, Isn't it funny, though, that he's he, he continues to fly under the radar? He does, and he shouldn't. I mean, no. he's world number 11. <laughs> Um, and you know, it, 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 you sit there and they, 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 I don't know where the average rank of the winners of this tournament, it, it was pretty ironic that what happened at, at Carnoustie with, with, Molinari. with Molinari, he fit the age and the world rank right to a T of the last six winners. So I'd be curious, but I bet, uh, the world rank of the winners around here is probably averaging right around 12th. He's at 11th. So I'm just, that's a stab in the dark. I don't know that for sure. I'm just guessing at it, but, um, Justin Thomas, Tommy Fleetwood playoff. Now, that would be fun. That would be fun. Well, one thing is for sure, um, it is going to be a fantastic 100th PGA and the last one in sweltering August. <laughs> so, we'll, we're going to move to May for a little bit better weather. Um, I think the move's fantastic. And, it, it, again, Bell Reeve's going to be a wonderful venue. So thanks for listening to this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. The Golf Channel podcast is available on golfchannel.com slash podcast and your favorite podcast provider. So go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search Golf Channel podcast and subscribe, please. If you love this show, be sure to leave a rating, review, and tell all your friends. Thanks so much. Have a great week. 
Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.